0: This is the Breaking It Down podcast with me, Michelle Falcon. I welcome entrepreneurs and business pros, people just like you, and help them solve their biggest customer, employee, and culture challenges. Let's get into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Breaking It Down. I have the absolute pleasure of speaking to Cindy she. Cindy was introduced to me by Sunny Verma, who was on the show before. Uh, it's my pleasure, welcome, and thank you uh, for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, so first things first, I need the audience to know that I have no idea what we're gonna talk about. All I know is that we are sitting down to have this conversation around customers, culture, And employees. So, can you confirm with everyone that I have no idea what you want to talk to me about?
1: Yes, you have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about, Michelle. All
0: right. Fantastic. So, I would do you a great disservice if I tried to describe kind of your bio and what it is that you do. So, remove the humbleness that is Cindy. Uh, What is it that you do? um and feel free to kind of you know share some accomplishments as well
1: okay wonderful so i run a company called studio vivian Uh, we are an in-home music lessons provider in the gta um we're really passionate about helping kids build self-confidence through music instrument lessons. Um, And um, yeah, we work with, you know, a number of instructors throughout the GTA. We uh, send instructors to the students' home. Uh, We're, you know, providing very personalized lessons in the students' home. And yeah, just trying to help the kids, um, you know, to build their self-confidence, self-esteem through music.
0: Fantastic. So uh, for those not familiar, GTA means Greater Toronto Area. So it's all encompassing of Toronto and the neighboring suburbs. Um, Sonny Verma was a, a past guest, the CEO of Tudor Bright. How is your business different than Sunny's, if it is at all?
1: Um, yeah, so Sunny as Business Tutor Bright, uh, we're actually very similar in the sense that um, you know we are mobile, so we send our instructors or tutors to the students' home, um, and we're trying to really cater to the students' needs in the sense that you know every student is different. Um, we're trying to really get to know each student's needs, what their goals are, and really trying to get to know the student's you know personality, their learning style, and then from there, um, you know we are um, matching them with an instructor or tutor that we find that would be the best suitable for them um, in terms of you know personality and learning style compatibility and yeah just really focusing on the student um, rather than okay what the school is looking to achieve what the parents are looking to achieve um, so in that sense I think we're, we're quite similar in terms of our goals
0: got it um, two last questions um, Including your tutors, uh, who who you might consider contractors. If you were to blend that into uh, or classify them as employees, let's say, how many employees would you say you have representing the brand?
1: So we have um, over 100 um, instructors or or contractors that we're currently working with. um, And we're really looking to expand that in the coming year uh, in 2020.
0: And how many customers do you have?
1: Um, we have, um, I would say close to a thousand, um, customers. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. All right. Let's get into it. What type of questions regarding culture, customers, employees do you have for me?
1: Okay. All right. This is going to be fun. Um, so I want to say the biggest um, struggles that we have um, as a company—it's not really with our customers. I want to say we love who we serve, and we always have a lot of fun with the kids. It is what we love to do, um, but I want to say the biggest struggles actually is within within the team. So, you know, we're working with. Parents who you might say are the most sensitive population because you know they have young kids and they send them to us and they want us to make them happy, but at the same time they want them to learn something from us so um, you know we want to make sure that our team is having fun doing you know what they do, but at the same time you know as a, as a manager as an as a owner of the company, I want to make sure that they are Productive while they're doing their work, so that's one of the biggest struggles that I have, I would say, okay. um, to how to you know make sure that the employees or the contractors are you know loving what they do, but also being very productive.
0: So if if I heard you correctly, and, and this is an assumption, but if you could uh, verify if if it's accurate, um, is your team? engaged and having fun right now? Um, and what you're trying to level up is the productivity part to serve the business, serve the clients a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So we do have a team of contractors. Um, and then we also have a team of admin staff as well. Okay. So, obviously, um, you know, it's a bit easier for the teachers or the contractors to have fun because you're directly working with the kids. But with, with the admin staff, it's a little bit harder right because they are working from the office you're talking to our clients over the phone Um, so you know I want to make sure that they're also having fun doing what Mm -hmm. they do but um, you know I want to make sure they're being very productive doing that as
0: well got it I could imagine that you're out in the field you're meeting kids you're seeing their emotions their, their knowledge increase, and, and I could see how that danger uh, would be natural in that environment. but then in the workplace, you know sometimes you deal with the minutiae of the operations, right um, I actually think it's one and the same, and you have to find the same caliber of individual regardless of the environment. The reason that I have a rigorous interview process and I separate the two is because both culture engagement, um, morale. That's very important to me, but so is the, the responsibility of pushing the business forward, the productivity part, the nuts and bolts of the business, if you will. For me, I'm, if we don't produce results every month, every quarter and every year, It's not like I can go to the bank and be like, hey, yeah, we lost money last year, but we have high morale. Like, they don't care, and neither does my bank account. So, you need to have that balance. So, I understand your question. This is what I'm going to suggest. With your current team that you have right now, it would be foolish for an individual to be like, they're not productive, they're not productive, they're not productive. Therefore, I am offboarding them because I need more productivity. That's actually a negative reflection of you as a leader. It's your responsibility to help them understand the importance of this part. Yes, pay compliments to where they are thriving, the having fun and the engagement part, the morale and the culture, but then help them understand where they need to level up, which is on the productivity part and pushing the business forward. Naturally, they may ask you, they may say, okay, I understand that. Um, and then they're naturally going to ask themselves inside, well, how do I do that? Some people aren't going to feel comfortable saying, how do I do that? Because you're probably, they might think that you expect them to know how to do this, but never expect them to know how to do anything. And that's not pandering to the lowest common denominator. It's your job as a leader to help them understand how do you go from here on the productivity side to here. Now, don't inundate them with Seven things they need to get better at, because that's not how the human mind works. That's not how we thrive by um, trying to force feed things for us to do. Start small. So my recommendation for you is audit where you think each division or department could level up when it comes to productivity to drive the business forward. Narrow, Narrow it down to three things. And it's the end of 2019, a, very, a great time to, to start fresh. In Q1 of 2020, January, February, and March, get them to focus on one thing. Just one thing only. The thing that you feel they can actually achieve without too much heavy lifting. You don't want to give them something that's going to take them months and months and months to get better at. Give them something light, something nimble. So, that they can gain some confidence, some quick wins under their belt to get them flexing that muscle. Then introduce the second thing, then the third thing. But when conceptualizing what these three things are, and then you can move on to the next three, have them give their say. As a leader, we can't just be like, I want you to do one, two, three, four, five, six, because they're not the ones living in the business in that specific role. Sorry, you are not the one living in that role every day. They may have some valuable opinion and say, you know what, Cindy, you're really you're right about number one. That has to be the first thing. I think I can manage that. But the thing that you have outlined is the third thing. I actually think it should come second, and this is why. And you may say, you know what? I should give them some autonomy in outlining what those things should be because they know uh, they're living in this on a daily basis. Now, then after three to six months, if the team is not moving in the direction you want them to, let's say 75% are, 25% aren't, then you have to make a decision, likely part ways with those individuals. But then you can't do the same thing over again. There's probably something wrong in your interview process, or something. Pardon me. I don't like the negative connotation to saying something is wrong. You can improve on something. The reason why I have this regimented interview process, where culture is one interview, and then skill set, operational uh, excellence, and probing for will this person be diligent. Will they push a business forward? That's a separate interview because those are equally important, but they shouldn't be mixed together in one interview because it's hard to differentiate between the two and switch gears. So I hope, so follow that process for the first part of 2020, then ask yourself, am I content? I'm very confident that I, I believe that if you do your part correctly, you will see um, improvements. But there's probably, you know, you can't tackle this as a one-size-fits-all. 100% adoption isn't possible for anything. There'll probably be some team members that you might have to reevaluate. And then when you go to perhaps offboard them and onboard new team members, think about what you learned the last time and don't make that same mistake again.
1: Okay, sounds good. That That makes sense? Yes, that makes
0: sense. Awesome. What else you got for me?
1: Okay, so um, I guess to go off of the last question, um, you know, when you talk to them and talk to employees and ask them, okay, what are your struggles? Um, You know, what do you need my help for? It's sometimes a little challenging to get them to provide honest feedback.
0: Sure.
1: So... I think that makes it harder for management to step in and say, okay, great. That's what you're struggling with. And here's what I've got for you. So how to ensure employees are providing honest feedback so yeah. that you can provide them with the right tools.
0: Sometimes people don't want to show their true colors because maybe they they're thinking like, well, I should probably know this. I hope they don't get upset with me that I'm bringing this up, even though it's a part of my job description, for example. Let me ask you something. Um, walk me through the process of how these meetings are set up. Do you um, say, you know, hey, Cindy, uh, we have a meeting at uh, on Wednesday at one o'clock. Uh, and then you sit down and then you ask them that question right then and there.
1: So, usually, how my meetings are set up with my team is I sit down and I first ask them what they've done for the day or since our last meeting. And then I ask them, okay, so I guess from there, I ask very specific questions about the tasks that they've completed just to get a better understanding of what they've done. Um, and then I just go in and say, do you have any questions? You know, what has been the most challenging? aspect of the project things like that um and sometimes i'll say well um you know number two was a bit challenging but i'm working on it (laughs) you know so so from there i'm sensing okay if they're still working on it um the deadline is maybe today maybe they're having a little bit of difficulties but then um they're not really telling me so maybe they've got it right so it's a bit of a gray area yeah
0: how much prep time do you give them for this meeting?
1: Ooh. Okay.
0: So that's where, that's where I'm going with that is I wanted to understand the framework of the meeting. Um, I'll use a personal example, okay. um, with my girlfriend and I, if she's like, Hey, can we talk? And you know, that's usually not good, but, um, <laughs> and I say, absolutely. And she wants to talk to me about things that require some critical thinking. Sometimes it will be like, hey, I, 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 let's talk about this, but I, I, I need a. this is what's on my mind right now, yeah. but I need a little bit more time to digest that question. Um, not because I'm trying to get out of the question or anything. It's like, I, I want to give you a very honest, well thought out answer. Mm-hmm. So, the same behavior can happen with our employees. If we sit them down and we're like, I need you to think critically and be honest without any lead up time for them to mentally prepare their thoughts, it's tough for us to do that. And then we always, you know, then we're thinking like something might come to mind and be like, Yeah, I want to tell Cindy this, but oh, I don't know how she's gonna take this. I'm not gonna say it, right? Because that's the safer thing to do. So mm-hmm. what I would recommend doing is before these meetings give them um, four to five days before the meeting to gather some discussion items that they want to have with you. Mm -hmm. But then you share the discussion items you want to have with them. So that way they can be like, okay, Cindy wants to talk about one, two, three on Wednesday. Today is Thursday. Okay. I'm going to block off time on Tuesday to think about how I can contribute to this conversation based on what Cindy wants to talk about. While I'm doing that, I'm also going to think about what do I want to talk to Cindy about? We just need the time to think, to be honest with ourselves so that we can be honest with Cindy.
1: Okay. Does that yeah, make sense? That makes a simple.
0: lot. Um, there is a really good book. Uh, it's written by a gentleman named Cameron Harold, and I will link his uh, book up in the comments below for anybody watching. It's called Meeting Suck. Um, and the tagline, I'm going to butcher it, but essentially what he says in the book is meetings don't suck. We just suck at hosting them. So when we go through these meetings, we're like, well, that was kind of like just going through the motions. It's probably because we didn't prepare properly. Or if you're like, I didn't get the answers that I wanted from that. I thought it was going to feel more fulfilled after this. It's because we didn't prep properly. So discussion items, I call them DIs is a common, um, Acronym in, in my world, uh, my team members will come with their DIs ready. I will know what they want to talk about before you even sit down. It gives you time, the leader, to prepare as well, right? Because they're expecting honesty from you as well.
1: Absolutely. Okay, that makes sense. That I makes know. sense.
0: I'll try. It's just a little tweak. The things that, you know, I would like to think the things that I do and know aren't like revolutionary. More often than not, it's just like, uh. Why didn't I think of that? But it's easier for me in this perspective. Why? Because I'm not living in the day to day of your business. So as an outsider, I'm able to kind of put it under the microscope and be like, "That tweak that this way, right?" And, uh, and, and you know, try it and report back to me because everybody that comes on the show gets a follow up within three months.
1: Amazing. Okay, right. I will let you know for sure. I
0: got time for one more thing. What do you got?
1: Okay, so um maybe this has to do with interview process, but how do we care about what you do? Or how do we hire people to, you know, who really care about what you do?
0: You can't, Um, because (laughs) they aren't you, right? They aren't the founder. But what I can tell you is something I wrote about, uh, about a month ago. I don't believe you can hire someone and increase their engagement. You have to hire naturally engaged people and maintain their motivation. There's perhaps people in your life that maybe you met. I know in mine, I've met people before, like everything they do, they're t- just talented at it. Yeah, They're engaged. They give their whole selves to, uh, to this thing. So you have to probe for that in the interview process. I I like to probe for it in the culture interview. Like how engaged are you in the book you're reading? What are some things outside of work that make you tick? Um, What is it about your last manager that helped motivate you? Um, Just probing to understand, is this someone that's going to need constant motivation or are they just somebody that I know as their leader if I just pave the path for them give them the resources they need they they can be left alone and that's the advantageous position that we have as leaders is our primary job is to pave that path and get the hell out of the way but to be able to have that confidence in that individual to be able to do that we need to know that they're self-starters right they aren't going to necessarily care as much as you, but they will care in a different respect, because everything that they do, because they are self-starters, they want to be great at. And you have to probe for that. And like I said, in the skill set interview, it's like, is this the type of person that just gives themselves to whatever it is that they're doing, whether that's in business, the arts, music? no pun intended, but uh, you know what I mean, right? So that's how I would probe for it. Like, you can't just find employees and be like, okay, I'm going to get you to commit to this brand. They need to have, need, they need to have committed to themselves first. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, okay. That, that's helpful.
1: Yes, it has been. Thank you so much, Michelle.
0: And are you going to be ready for the three-month check-in? And, and generally speaking, if you have done one thing from our conversation from today, within the next three months that have improved the business, this is totally why I am doing this. Um, so thank you so much for being on the – I always find it so awkward to say this – the show. Um, mm-hmm. But I really appreciate it. I'm so thankful that uh, Sunny introduced us Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the great uh, Cindy Shee. Thanks so much, Cindy.
1: Absolutely, thank you.
0: There you have it, another episode of Breaking It Down in the Books. I really like this episode because Cindy came prepared with three questions that we went really deep on. If you learned something by watching this episode, please let your colleagues and your peers know that this show exists. And if you're interested... In being on the show, email me directly, and I'll see you next time.